Thank you. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Don. Thank you, sir. We've got a couple handouts. I told you that I would confuse you with words and baffle you and overwhelm you with paperwork. Okay. So here comes the paperwork. Don goes, we got homework again. Okay. Yes, as a matter of fact, you do. Okay. You'll be quizzed on this next week. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> We're going to talk about a subject today that I know that none of you have a problem with, okay? But it's biblical, so if somebody has a problem with it, okay? It's about worry, worry, okay? Trusting and worrying. They're diametrically opposed to one another, okay? And um, did anybody, everybody get one? Worry. Trusting and worry. Okay. Thank you, thank you, Nancy and Kathy. Um, we were talking about it at the Delaney here uh, a couple weeks ago or so. So Gus is, is aware of this, but we want to talk about it a little bit in depth here as far as trusting uh, in the Lord. Last week we talked about Second Corinthians chapter 4. Now, I want to just kind of talk about this just a little bit more because there's some things I think God has showed me this past week about this this past week's message that I think is very important for you and I now let me just quote the scripture to you it's one of my favorites it's 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 and it says Paul is saying now we don't lose heart though outwardly we're wasting away yes we are yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day for our light and momentary afflictions are achieving for us a glory that far outweighs all those things. So we fix our eyes not on those things that are seen, because they're temporary, but we fix our eyes on those things that are eternal, or that are unseen because they're eternal. The unseen is the eternal aspect. What we see here is just a temporary thing. But God begins at various times eyes to see into the spirit realm. They're called visions and dreams and prophetic words and, and prophetic things, guidance and so forth. And so every now and then God does that. Now, I want you to ask God to, to allow you to exercise the gifts he's given you and exercise the gifts of the Spirit that you can see, that you'll have dreams we talked about here several weeks ago, and visions and also prophetic words, prophetic words. In other words, guidance, because it's important for the body of Christ to operate like this because, see, we're all family. We're a community. We are one. When we come together, we don't realize that obviously the covenant that he made with his body, with his church, it's a covenant, not agreement necessarily, although it is agreement, and not a contract because we know that contracts, kind of we can break those, right? Well, a covenant is more actually it ups the ante. In other words, it is really determined. God has made a covenant with you and I and the church that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that he will see us through, that he'll forgive us when we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to obviously cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He says we are children of the king. We have the victory in Jesus Christ. The covenant obviously employs many different things, involves obviously a covenant in that. The same way a covenant in marriage. When you make vows before the Lord in a congregation as you've gotten married, you're actually making a covenant with that person. 
So we know that obviously in that there's forgiveness for divorce and all those types of things. Certainly we know that. But at the same time, we know it is a covenant. In other words, when you make that, you make it till death us do part. Okay. It is a covenant. You hang in there. You know, you're under the same roof and you don't agree with that spouse. And maybe that spouse leaves his socks in the wrong places and he throws his dirty underwear in the wrong places and he doesn't pick up after himself and he's disorganized and he's obviously fumbles through his speech with you and all that and he doesn't do this and that. And we're like, man, if I can just chuck this one and get a new model, everything's going to be okay. See, that's the world standard. God is saying that in the midst of all that stuff, He's sanctifying us. He's making us more like Jesus. And so does Jesus divorce his church? Nope. I'm glad of that. Because man, I go along and I stumble and fall and, you know, and uh, I'm all over the board many times. But he never divorces me. He never walks away from me. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so he's with us. That covenant is there. So he wants us in that relationship to draw close to him. And he wants us to see those things that obviously are unseen in the natural way of looking at things. Because they're eternal. The eternal aspect of life is the most important aspect of life. Everything else around us we know is temporary. Even the things that we know are being freshly built now will eventually disintegrate. Everything. But those that are unseen are eternal. And so when we talk about this, as far as trusting the Lord, I want to talk to you. And, and there are just a couple of things I want you to remember when we talk about this today. Uh, we'll go over this particular little sheet here in just a moment. But I want to talk about trust. Uh, who, me, worry is the title of this message. And it actually is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 31. And all of you know this scripture. <clears throat> and if you'd like to stand with me to read this, you certainly are welcome to do so. Matthew 6, starting at verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or whatever about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you... By worrying can add a single hour to his life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Amen. Thank you so much. Trusting. Actually, what is it? Actually, trusting is placing our full weight on somebody or something. We talked about trust here in the last few weeks, and we talked about the fact when you come in or maybe you've got a walker or you are in a wheelchair or you sit down in the pew, you're putting your full weight upon that particular person or that particular object here. So what is the greatest evidence of trust in the Christian? Prayer. See, the first thing that we should do when we face adversity is pray. 
But sometimes what we tend to do is lean towards trying to figure it out ourselves, trying to make it right, trying to work out and so forth. When God is all the times waiting right there saying, wait, pray to me, I can take care of it. I'm big enough to handle it. And that's why trust in the relationship between us and our God is so important. We have to trust him because he is big enough to take care of whatever need that we have. So what is worry? The definition is to torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts. Worry is an emotion. It's a feeling, something that we experience. What we feel is result of what we think. What we feel is a result of what we think. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What we think will come out in our emotions. And it will come out in the way we respond to circumstances in life. And every day presents you and me with different circumstances. And so the issue is, are we going to worry about it? Are we going to trust in the Lord with all of our heart? Remember Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. And all of your ways acknowledge Him. And He will direct your paths. So we have a choice here, don't we? But our, our mind, so reason why is that it's so important to renew your mind in the Word of God is because we've got to look at situations the way God looks at them, right? We're children of God. Why do we look at it in the natural? So why do we look at it? Why not look in the unseen, the eternal aspect? Why not look at it the way that God sees it and says, this is no big issue for me. I can take care of it if you trust me. Walk with me. But what we do, we wear our fingers down to a frazzle. We get tired and worn out. And eventually you say, well, I, might as well, I better pray about it. When really we should have prayed about it to begin with. So actually trust is actually manifested through prayer. Our emotions are the direct result of what we believe in. What do you believe? You believe right here today, is God big enough to take care of whatever issue you're facing? Do you believe that he can take care of you financially? And I'm talking about everything in your life and my life. I'm not just talking about the spiritual things. Certainly, we know that. But I'm talking about the issues of life. How the, where the rubber hits the road. What will happen when we leave this place, these four walls, after coming together and worshiping together? Will you trust the Lord or will you worry about this or that? If we believe something is untrue as true, our emotions will respond to that belief. It is untrue. Now, what's happening today, many people are being deceived, actually. We see that happening today. They believe lies. Why? It's because lies are being propagated throughout the media and that vehicle of communication day in and day out. And so you need discernment. One of the greatest gifts that we need in the Christian life in the last days will be the gift of discerning. Discerning. And we need to know the truth because the truth will set us free. When we hear that, you know, red, you know, red flags go up. There are checks in your spirit. And you're going, that's not true. Because that's what they do. They don't tell the truth. Or they tell half lies and they on and on and on. You know, people are, somebody said here recently, we don't have a problem with crime in Houston today. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do, too. In fact, I believe Houston is ranked pretty close behind Chicago in, in crime rate and so forth, okay? But yet, here, one side is saying there's not a problem. Oh, we're fine here. You see, that's a lie. 
And we need to believe the truth. The truth is, is that we need to pray because these lies will come out and it will continue. And see, before Jesus comes back again, there are going to be more lies that come out, come out, I mean, like you've never known. You've got to know the truth. You've got to know the Word of God. You've got to have your mind renewed in the Word of God because if not, you'll believe a lie and you'll walk in it. Because again, what you will do is worry about this and that. When you look at inflation the way it is, you look at gas prices, they've come down some. Thank the Lord for that. When you look at people coming across the border, when you look at the, the gobs, there's no, obviously, legal immigration now. You just walk across the border and break the law and so forth. When there's a, a disregard and lawlessness, the Bible says in the end times, there will be lawlessness. We are in the end times. We're in the last days today. Nothing is out of the ordinary as far as the Word of God, as far as the era that we're living in today. It is getting, obviously, out of hand. It certainly is already out of hand. And we see this today. They're teaching our kids in school critical race theory. They're teaching them about this and that. And there's a wokeism that's going mad in our country today. And all those traditional values that you and I, we were raised in the school and we were taught writing, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Now they take, obviously, political views and talking about you need to do this and that. It's because there is a move of the, of the enemy to our souls that's trying to bring this country down. And it continues to manifest in ways that I want to tell you. And we need to, when you vote this November, let me tell you, you need to kick the bums out, okay? You need to pray and you need to kick the bums out that are in there that have allowed this situation to happen in our country. And we need renewal in our government. We need renewal in the church. We need renewal throughout our whole country today. Do something about it. When you go in there and you pull the lever, is make sure you've prayed up and you call and ask God, who do I vote for in this situation? And you need to obviously follow what he wants no matter what. Because it will continue. Because see what happens, you continue. The Bible, obviously not the Bible, but we know just in human nature. If you're told a lie enough, you'll begin to believe that lie. And that's what happens. You hear it day after day after day after day. And before long, you're totally confused. You don't know what the truth is. You need to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Why, obviously, we need to know who we are in Christ and who He is in us. He, we are obviously children of God. He will take care of us. We trust in Him. There's obviously trying to, in every way possible, they're taking in uh, kids today and drag uh, shows and and doing things today these things are not something i've just heard about i've seen them with my own eyes it's being filmed today because you know obviously social media they can film anything today they can record videotape anything today you am seeing it with my own eyes we need to get close and we need to believe god and who he is he is a holy god he is holy we just sang about it there's not any blemishes in him. We need to obviously stay the course and be faithful and remember who he is and plus who you are as believers and children of God. Worry is an attitude. It's a matter of our heart. It is a direction that we bend here. Our actions are controlled by your attitudes. Has anybody ever heard anybody say, you got an attitude? You got an attitude. Well, there's a book out I read years ago. 
And it's the, the title of it is, Change My Attitude, So Help Me God. <laughs> change my attitude. Change my heart. Change the way I look at things. Because I want to tell you today, there are things that are happening that could bring worry in your heart. They could be, I want my grandson, I want my children, I want myself, but I want my children and my grandchildren to be raised in a country of freedom. I want my grandson, I want these things to happen to where obviously they can go and they can express themselves in the belief system that they have. Christianity certainly here, but everybody has a freedom of choice there, certainly. That's why they come to America. But I want them to be able to have that freedom to be able to worship and to be able to share these things today. People won't share them today. The other side's talking. They're rattling on day in and day out. You need to put your flag up that you're a Christian in this dark mess we're in. Because that's the only way. And make a statement today. The first church was obviously uh, brought about in a dark, dark time at that particular time. I mean, they worshipped... witchcraft they worshiped all these things and yet that church there even at Ephesus book of Ephesians that church was 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 shining its light in the darkness because you have a lot the light of Jesus in you and I do also and it will shine if we allow Jesus to shine through you and he will make a difference if you'll stand for truth today worry is an act of the will it's a choice Either we make worry submit to us or we submit to worry. One or the other. It's going to go one or the other, isn't it? And so what does worry do to us? Worry is damaging to us. You remember when maybe as a parent, your, your child, even maybe say a teenager or whatever, they go out and obviously they made, say they, they, you told them to be home at a certain time and you looked on the news and there was an accident and you worried, oh gosh, I hope they're not in that accident. And you know, you're sitting on the edge of your seat about until they come in, you hear that door open and you thank God that they got home safe today. Let me tell you, there are things going on out there today that obviously we need to be concerned. Now, there's a big difference between worry and concern. Don't confuse that. We worry because it feels like we're doing something about it. We don't like feeling helpless that our life is out of control. So stewing about our problems, it gives us a false sense that we're somehow helping the situation or our act of worry and tries to assume as if we care. See, we are helpless when we have, we worry and we fret here, but worry accomplishes nothing positive. The dangers of worry, listen to this, worry will rot your teeth. When you worry, I mean, do anybody know that? Worry actually will cause the saliva in your mouth to dry up, which again will cause your teeth to decay here. The anxiety of 5,000 students in 21 different colleges showed that worriers get the lowest grades. Maybe that's why I got the lowest grades. I'm worrying all the time. An average person's anxiety is focused on, listen to this, 40% things that have never happened. 30% things about the past that they can't change. 12% things about criticism by others, mostly untrue. And 10% about your health, which gets worse with worrying. Only 8% are about real problems that we will face in life. Small percentage, but we worry. We worry about this. We worry about, are we going to have enough money for the future? Things going up, and you know you're paying out more. I just got my electric bill. Hello. I don't know about y'all, 
My electric bill, I tried to get the lowest rate there, and I did. I got the lowest rate that I could because you get a power to choose here in, in Texas, thank goodness. But I looked at it still, and because of the 100-plus degree heat, my bill was high. I don't know about y'all. Maybe y'all have got a real good rate. If you do, let me know after the service. Tell me about it, and let me see if I can sign up. But my bill was higher. Everything is higher, it seems like to me. You know, it's $20 here, $20 there, more than this. And I figure, goodness gracious, I'm running out of money. Okay. But he say, worry about it? Uh-uh. He didn't say worry about it. And we'll certainly, obviously, talk about what that means. Listen to this. Have you ever heard this phrase, like a dog worrying a bone? Anybody ever heard that? It's an old English phrase that contains the picture behind the word worry. A dog will shake, chew, gnaw, and lick and bite on a bone for hours, trying to wear it down. It's a compulsion. Well, you know that. The dog will work and work on that bone unless something of great importance interrupts him. And even when he becomes exhausted of worrying the bone, a dog will go and bury it so he'll know just where to find it later. Left unchecked, a dog will work that bone until it's totally dissolved. Worrying the bone. On and on and on here. Now, when it comes to people, when we submit ourselves to worry, we become the bone. Right? Through worry, we allow ourselves to literally have the life shaken out of us. That's why it says don't worry about it. There are four sources of worry, first of all. Misplaced priorities lead to worry we focus on the temporal instead of the eternal and that's why i talked about last week second corinthians chapter four here and worry beliefs lead to worry wrong beliefs lead to worry and we don't understand god's character and heart for us that he will meet our meat need he will not obviously forsake us he will help us in our time of need Let me just say this, and then you don't get anything else out of it. Joy. Everybody likes joy. I like joy. Joy and happiness are different. Happiness is based upon your circumstances. Joy is something that God gives you supernaturally down in your spirit to keep you going when everything around you is falling apart, when everything is failing, when you see everything adversity. And joy is directly related to trust. Joy is directly related to trust. And trust is directly related to your knowledge of God. Why do we study the Word? So you'll get to know God. Why do you experience the Lord at various times? God shows Himself in that. So that you will trust Him. See, when we know the character of God, we talked about it, that we know He's trustworthy, just like my dentist (laughs) that I just went to use it good example because obviously I had to trust him he let me go he gave me a fist bump when I left his office that was it after I'd paid out obviously at the cashier but you got to trust him you got to believe him you got to know and again the good thing about it is not just about obviously for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that one day we will go to heaven that we can trust him with completely I'm talking about your everyday affairs we're still here folks aren't we and we need to trust him every day in whatever it is we face God is on the move today and God is doing great and mighty things we've got to trust him 
But first of all, obviously, they're misplaced priorities. We focus on the temporary thing. The second thing is misplaced security leads to worry. Possessions and abilities are our security, and we worry about losing them. Some people believe that obviously through the experience as we get older, we're not able to articulate things as well because our mind's not quite as quick as it used to be and all this. We feel like that. We know we worry about that. Let me give an example. Possessions, possessions. When Harvey hit here, what, five years ago, we got out and went to Waco because we knew we had flooded. We got a foot and a half or more, two foot in our house, okay? And so we came home, and our daughter and son-in-law had already started with a group of people in there tearing out the carpet, tearing, the, taking the furniture out, putting it in the garage, throwing the stuff out, taking the sheetrock out, and so forth. All this stuff, when we got back, we came immediately, but they, were very, they had a lot of people working in there. And so I looked at it, and I knew I would have to face this, all this stuff, everything was out there uh, that was destroyed and obviously no, more, no, no longer usable and so forth. But then came, my daughter and I went in the garage. And she did a little bit little uh, more of getting things out of, out of the, what had been in the water, you know, things that I had put in the garage and all. And she would pick it up and she would, Dad, you can't use this. It's no good. Here, throw it in the garbage. You know, I thought, is there anything left? I mean, everything is being taken to me. Those things are precious to me. And throw that in, and boy, that day is no good. I was just sitting there. She goes, this is not any good, because she's real particular about it anyway. Everything was going into garbage. I mean, everything was wiped out. There wasn't anything that I could hang my hat on. There's no security in things. There's no security in your experience. There's no security in anything. Trust in the Lord. You have to trust Him. Because if not, you worry about this. I'm going, oh gosh, how, how am we going to pay for this? How to worry about this and that? How are we going to do this? All these things going on. And, and we worry and worry. And then we finally come around. We were worn out. And we pray to the Lord. God is saying today that we need to trust Him. Our abilities are limited. God's not. Thinking about temporary needs today, obviously. We don't control tomorrow. Jesus tells us to live in the present. He says this in Psalms 37. Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious towards wrongdoers. For they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust also in him and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness at the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him and do not fret because of him who prospers in, in any, his way because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. He says, God's saying, there will be a due time when these evil doers will help, have to give an account. Do not fret when they do evil. This is what's happening today. And the Bible spells it out very clearly. What you see happening today and the, and the fraud and the corruption that we see today, the things that we see happening today, if you're keeping up with the news, let me tell you, this is what the Bible says will happen in the last days. It is not out of the ordinary. He says, don't fret about it. Don't be envious of them. Trust me to take care of it because justice is mine, saith the Lord, vengeance too. 
Justice will take place. Justice will either take place on this side or justice will take place on the other side. And if they don't know Jesus, then they're there standing before the judge. And then they will be judged without their attorney. And his name should be Jesus Christ. But they don't bow their hearts and their pride is there. And it keeps them from really submitting and surrendering their lives to Jesus Christ. They're there alone. But justice will take place, folks. Don't envy them. Do not fret, he says here, to trust in the Lord. I got it. I'm in control here. You got to remember that. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about what you're to eat or what you need to clothe yourself. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I just know our God is trustworthy. Amen. He is trustworthy. Listen to this. Someone tells about a woman who for many years couldn't sleep at night because she worried about that her home would be burglarized. And one night her husband heard a noise in the house. And so he went downstairs to investigate. And when he got there, he found a burglar. And the man said to the burglar, come upstairs and meet my wife. She's been waiting 10 years to meet you. Right? Commit your way to the Lord. Roll your way over upon the Lord. The idea is that the rolling is a heavy burden from ourselves to another, or laying it upon him. And the burden, obviously, obviously, which we have not got the strength to bear, we will lay it upon our God. Whatever it is. Wow. We've just come through some real burden of times. COVID, still facing some things. Still facing things in our lives. And we know, uh, obviously, we need to pray for Ed too, by the way, and thank God for his... God healing him because he went through some real tough stuff. Thank you, Lord. The way means the whole course of life. All of our plans, all of our conduct, everything in regard to the manner in which we live and all the results are to be committed to the Lord. Everything, every last thing, he'll do it. And that is God to take care of your interests. So why does God's word compel us not to worry? Because worry is the enemy of faith. And God wants us to believe him. Then it break his heart sometime when you and I don't believe that he'll do what he says he's going to do? I know that. I break his heart. At times when I wander away trying to do things in my own strength, it just breaks his heart when we don't trust him. It's offensive to God if we worry about things that he's already taken care of here. It's easy to take, care, take our eyes off of what God has done and worry about what we haven't asked him to do. And that's what worry does. That's why testimonies about praise and worship, praising him. That's why testimonies are so powerful. One man says this, worry is practical atheism. (laughs) Worry is practical atheism. Worry says, I need to be in control. One man says, worry is a warning light that God is really not first in my life at this particular moment. And faith and trust says, God's in control. Do you believe that? God is in control. He knows exactly what he's doing, he'll take care of it. And worry says that God's not big enough to handle my problems. Worry brings doubt, which brings feelings of failure and defeat. Worry will slow you down and impede your activity. During the building of the Golden Gate Bridge over San Francisco Bay, construction fell badly behind because the schedule because several workers had accidentally fallen from the scaffolding to their deaths. And engineers and administrators could find no solution to the costly delays. Finally, someone suggested a gigantic net to be hung under the bridge to catch anyone who fell. And finally, in spite of the enormous cost, the engineers opted for the net. 
And after it was installed, progress was hardly interrupted. Uh, a worker or two fell, but the net saved their lives. The net allowed them to move on in their work without fear or worry. We got the best net there is. His name is Jesus. Amen? You'll take us safely over to the other side, but until then, he's going to carry you and I each and every day. The Bible says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God doesn't want us to be caught up in worry, but rather surrender and trust. God can take care of any problem, and our worrying isn't going to help him. So what does God want me to do with that worry? We want freedom from worry. We've got to begin to understand the heart of God. And God's heart towards us defines what he does. And we either believe God cares for us enough to provide care and protect us, or we don't. One or the other. You take care of us. You know, I could stand up here today and say, wow, you know, I don't know what this church holds, but maybe 120, maybe. And I go, wow, my, this is great. We got 120 people here. And I always say, hey, hit, hit the offering box back here, right? <laughs> because what I do is I put my trust in the people and what they give and what they don't give and so forth today. I don't put my trust in that. I don't put my trust in numbers. Although I love to see, obviously, when people come into the house of the Lord, I pray for revival that this place will be packed out. But my security, my whole hope, my whole trust is not in that. My trust is in God Almighty today. Whether or not this happens or that happens or whether or not it looks positive or negative, my hope and my trust is in Him. Hallelujah. He'll take care of us. He'll take care of us, just two of us here. Believe it? I believe it. May test you on it. May test me on it. But you have to trust Him. It's raw faith, just like that net. You've got to trust Him. You got to let go because we think we have a little bit of control when really we don't. You know, I've told you hospice situations, people who are getting ready to go out into eternity and they have a bedside, bedside table that comes over the bed. <clears throat> and people would take, put water up there on the bedside table. And at times, you know, they'll grab the, the glass and the family will come over there and go, let me help you with that. Let me help you with that. And they'll take their hand and push it away. Let me, let me drink it, okay? You know what that is? What, in my opinion, what I've looked at over many years, and that is they're holding on. They, have, they think they believe they have just a little bit of control, and I want to I drink that glass of water on my own. Don't. I don't need that. And so in that sense, we have a false sense of hope that we control anything in our lives, really. We can't control anything. Now, I'm saying be prudent, obviously, and don't get it. Don't leave this place and go out and get some type of Maserati or whatever else, you know. But we don't have, I'm telling you today, God is trustworthy. He's the only one that obviously can take us through what we're facing before we leave this earth. And when we do leave this earth, he's trustworthy to carry us safely over to the other side. Totally. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to frail about and so forth and worry about, well, have I made it? If you're saved and you believe in Jesus Christ here and you put your faith in Him today and you've asked forgiveness of your sin, He's your Lord and Savior. He has got you. You've been saved by grace through faith in Jesus alone and not by any works, lest we boast. That's what it's all about. We either believe God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, 
plans to give you a hope and a future, then you'll call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me, and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found with you. Do you believe today, each one of you, that God has plans for you? That God has plans for us? Do you believe he has plans for you? The Bible says he does. I believe the Bible. I believe the word of God. And it may not feel like it. And you don't feel like it. It doesn't have to feel like it. Remember, feelings are fickle. But we believe it, right? Because God said it. He cares for us. It's true. Then why worry? Could it be that we really don't accept deep inside that God does love us that much? Then how do I come to a place where I know, really experience that love? Ask him. We talked about phileo love and agape love. Ask him, Lord, show your love to me. Have have you asked him? Just ask him. Oh, man, does he want to do that? Yes, he does want to do that. The Bible, again, says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Make a commitment to embrace the love of God. The only alternative is to run your own life yourself and live a life of worry. One man said this, What does your anxiety do? It does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. But it does empty today of its strength. It doesn't make you escape the evil. It makes you unfit to cope with it when it does come. God gives us the power to bear all the sorrow of his making. But he does not guarantee to give us strength to bear the burdens of our own making. Such as worrying induces. You know one of the things too is. That I've had God correct me on. And that is (laughs) self-pity. I know none of y'all have that issue. Self-pity. Oh, poor me. Now, I know that's a way of saying it, but it can come in different ways, and y'all know that. Self-pity. And God, every time, will correct me on it. I fall into that. Oh, poor me. Oh, poor me. And God will shake me. Say, stop saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm Lord over all, and I will help you for this. You have no reason to have this self-pity there. Because what is that all about? It's pride. It's pride. I don't have control over it anymore. And God says, you never had any control over it before or any time. And you'll never have any control of it. I'm in control. Just release it to me. Surrender it to me. We were praying for somebody here recently. And they recently they came to the Lord about several months ago. Cindy and I prayed for her. And I've told you about it. And she uh, was talking about the fact that she said, well, you know, I just... Uh, the word surrender is tough to come to grips with. We don't like to surrender. We want to be somehow in control of our lives. We want to be thinking that we control these things. I'm a self-made man. I did this. No, you didn't. God did. I did it my way. We know who sung it. Obviously, no, he didn't. Even he didn't do it his way. God Almighty gave him grace to be able to do it. It's all grace, folks. Whenever something happens in my life or happens in your life, it good, it's grace. It's a good gift from God Almighty today. We need to recognize that's why we can praise him continually. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Always, always. That's what it's all about. Your worries only have as much power as you're willing to give them. Scripture, Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious or worry about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God. 
And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Will garrison. It puts a guard around your heart, around your innermost being. He says what? Do not be anxious or worry, what? About, well, tomorrow's rent, when rent's coming up, or maybe my bank account is dwindling to that. Does he say be anxious about that, but yet these other things? He says nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. But with prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything. That's the scripture we can hang our hats on. Obviously, I believe that worry is inevitable result of trusting ourselves. So which one will we, pray? we choose today? Proverbs chapter 12 says, An anxious heart weighs a man down. But a kind word cheers him up. Psalm 34 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. All right. Anybody here that may be worrying about something, stop it. Stop it. Don't do it any longer. Trust in the Lord. In your handout, let's look at it. First page. Y'all have heard some uh, stories that kind of similar to this, haven't you? Let's look at it, though. First page on your plan. One day a man was taking a hike along a beautiful mountain trail that he knew well. He had hiked here many times before, and he knew the exact spot he wanted to stop to take into view. This morning was particularly beautiful, and he couldn't wait to get there. I was right at the edge of what was at least a 100-foot drop So he always made sure to watch his step a bit more carefully as he approached. He was not at all disappointed. The view was spectacular. He leaned in a bit to catch it all and feel the moment. Unfortunately, he didn't realize that the rain the evening prior had softened the soil just enough that it was soft and slick. His foot suddenly slipped out into the air above the chasm, and he lurched backwards and fell on his back on the edge of the cliff, and he knew his feet were in the air, And he had completely lost control. And the man instinctively reached back desperately to grab something, anything. Sure enough, about 15 feet down, his hand found a tree root sticking out the face of the cliff. And he grabbed and held on to it for dear life. And as he hung there, he knew he was doomed. He knew he had no choice but to pray. He cried out, Lord, please help me. I need you, Lord. I need you. I can't get out of this without your help. Where are you when I need you, Lord? Please, Lord. And then he heard a voice in his head, in his heart. It seemed so loud. Do you trust me? And the man knew it was the Lord. He knew, yes, Lord, I trust you. Completely. Again, the voice said, do you really trust me? And the man said, yes, Lord, I, I trust you. Once more, he, he heard the voice. Do you really, really trust me with, with your life? And the man, oh, yes, Lord, I trust you with all things with my life. Please help me, Lord. Then let go. You know the story sometimes is told when he heard the voice, then let go. The man says, is there anybody else out there? <laughs> let go. Don't, try, don't, don't lean on your own understanding. We're in times today that I believe you and I are being prepared for something really big, Okay. But it's going to take you and I, speak to myself, 
that we will trust the Lord no matter what. Okay, and I'll be tested on this message today, trust me. I always do, I am. I have to trust the Lord with all my heart. I have to stand firm. Because see, that's the whole crutch of the message of the Word of God. Heard a pastor say here a week ago as I thought about this, and he said this, the whole crux of what the Bible says can be summed up in two words. Trust me. Trust me. That's it. That's all that needs to be said. Trust me. That's what God says to you and me today. So whatever your worries are, whatever it is that you have gotten, I'm not talking about concerns. It's the difference between concerns and worries. Worries just grabs you and obviously stifles you and put, stops you in your tracks. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The Bible says, do I worry about this? I mean, I mean when you figure it and you begin to try to, you know... Um, Look at it and determine exactly what it's saying. It says, don't be anxious about anything. Anything. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Pray about it. Trust Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word, Your truth, and thank You for Your presence here today. How often, Lord, do we worry? And we know worry is diametrically opposed to faith. And we know, Lord, today we just want to believe you. We want to walk with you. I pray everybody in here would increase in the knowledge of our God. Every person here would experience you. Every person here would walk with you intimately because we know that trust is obviously directly related to our knowledge of God. We'll trust you if we know you. Because we know, Lord, that your character is proven. You're trustworthy. What you say, you'll do. Every promise that you have spoken, Lord, will come to pass exactly the way you have spoken it, exactly at the time that you have said it will be spoken. We ask you today, Lord, to use us for your glory. Father, my heart goes out. There's so many people who have no idea who you are. And I don't know, Lord. I know that you love those people. But, Lord, we're here because we are evangelicals. Because we believe that we are to go into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, Lord, that you have commanded us. And lo, you are with us even to the end of the age. We believe today that we are to go and make disciples, Lord. So, Father, show us, show me, show this church how we can do that, how we can participate and partner with you in that endeavor. Because, Lord, there are lots of people out here that have no idea who you are. And they believe everything is fine because they believe that they've kind of been good. And they don't know the forgiveness and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray today. Give us opportunities. Give this church opportunity today. Lord, today when Don goes into the bars, we ask, give him an opportunity. He speaks the truth and love. Dear Lord, let your anointing, your great anointing, be more powerful in his life than ever before, Lord. Because people need the Lord. Father, we ask you. Things are ramping up. Help us to ramp up with you. And help us to trust you. We're not going to worry, Lord. We're going to put it in your hands. We're going to pray about it. And trust you. Thank you, Lord, today. For your power, your presence in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Please, please, Lord. Do a mighty work in this church, in my life in the life of this nation, dear God, again. As we pray together and all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen.